Thank you so much for joining us for the Modcast. It's the podcast from the Modern Theater. My name is Abby Crawford. Our guest in studio today is Zach Baker, our resident musical director. But before that happens, current running shows in the area. Right now at Spokane Civic Theater, Evil Dead the Musical runs through November 15, directed by Troy Nickerson, who happens to be directing the very next show at the Spokane Modern, The Wild Party. For Evil Dead the Musical, you can get tickets at spokanecivictheater.com. Right now, it's stage left through November 1st, Haymarket 8, directed by Christopher Lamb. You can get tickets at spokanestageleft.org. So with us today on the Modcast is the resident director for the Modern Theater. Sorry, that's me. (laughs) The the resident music director for the Modern Theater. His name is Zachariah Baker. We call him Zach. (laughs) Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. (laughs) That's right. Yeah, you just walked right over from your office. So the reason that we have you here today is because there's a show happening this weekend at the Bing. It's a night of Poe, but Poe Night 5. So this show is about Annie. Can you tell me, number one, who is Annie? Annie Richmond was the wife of a wealthy paper manufacturer named Charles Richmond. Uh, She and Poe met sometime around July 1848 in Massachusetts, uh, where Poe was lecturing on the poets and poetry of America. Uh, And they sort of kicked it off from there. So it was like an affair? I don't don't think you had an actual affair. What I think you had was... Was an an, emotional affair? An affair of the heart, (gasps) I think, is what I would call it. Oh, I had Um, no idea. But but uh, almost all of that is speculation because we don't have any of the letters that she sent to him. We only have the letters that he sent to her. Uh, And I am entirely uncertain why that is. I think it's because her estate later gave those letters to whoever handles Poe's estate. And I think that's why we have those letters now. But we don't have any of the letters that she sent to him. Well, wouldn't the estate take care of those too? I'm kind of sad that we don't have those back. (laughs) So, So we only have the letters he wrote to her. And based on the tone with which he wrote them, uh, depending on her response, you know, you could range this from an actual affair to he was just a really creepy guy that sent her a lot of letters. <laughs> you know, there's, there's a lot of ways you could look at it. But based on based on the history that I've looked at around the event, there was definitely what well, you could at least call a very close friendship between the two with his Are you side, saying friendship in quotations? Well, I am because his side was definitely, I mean, you know... He says things like my my undying love for you, my unfettered adoration for you know all this. Stuff I hope you, he said it just you know, like that too. This, this my unfettered adoration. Yeah. Uh, the stuff you just wouldn't say, you know. Uh, I'm gonna say that to you from now on whenever I see really you. It's really bizarre because he'll mix stuff with like, oh my darling, my Annie, my pure beautiful angel, but then he'll say stuff like my own sweet sister. You Ew. know, so it, it's, it's it's a really bizarre dynamic between the two. I'm editing out the familial uh, way you would speak to her from our events because I think Poe is creepy enough without adding a layer of maybe incest. Um, so you, know, you generally want to avoid that kind of thing, so. um, Oh my gosh. All this to so, say that, yes, there was definitely some kind of emotional connection between the two. I think on her side, it was a little more friendly. Right. Um, and on his side, it was definitely romantic. This was after his first wife had died. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... 
So or his last wife, I should say. I'm not sure how many wives. He why had. did you choose her to focus on? Is it because of that friendship or was it because the letters were so flowery that you thought they'd make great music? Or was it just the tone that you thought would set it for the for this number five Poe night? I mean, well, we've spent four years now with dear Mr. Poe. Um, and we've we've explored. I think in the first three years, we did a really great job of just presenting his material. Yes. You know, we didn't we didn't try to tell a through story of anything that was happening. We didn't really organize them in any sense. It was a it was an exhibition night. Mm-hmm. Nights one through three, where we had poetry, we had dances, we had one or two songs the first couple of years, and more and more songs. And so I think we've done a really good job of looking at his body of work. Uh, last year, when I took over the event, um, I wanted it to have kind of at least a through line. I wanted it to have a story. And so instead of telling an actual story, I just divided it into four cycles that were based on some of the key emotions you see in his work. And so the first cycle was fantasy. A lot of his poetry are, are fantastical sort of creations. Mm-hmm. Then you had rebirth. A lot of his poetry is about examining himself and finding something new and emerging the other side. <laughs> All triumphant. the time. You know, yeah. a lot of it. A lot yeah. of it. And yeah. then you have... Uh, he was always examining himself <laughs> and in a few ways. Uh, the cycle three, uh, third cycle Michael was loss, a ton of his poetry about losing people. You know, he lost all of the significant, all of the <laughs> significant women in his life. He lost all of them, every single one. Not a not a one of them stuck around. They all died, or they all left him. Or right, all I was gonna say shit. it was an you know, all death. <laughs> Do you think that they got tired the, of um, his being? Because wasn't he always kind of? I think he had a reputation Morose. for being a sort of depressing guy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what? not just what? his gives it away? Maybe some of his poetry, but, uh, they're like, dude, uh, I am out of easy, here. Please. Could you and maybe then, uh, smile every now and again? <laughs> and then the fourth cycle was one that was a little more difficult to tap into through his poetry, but rage. A lot of his writing has this deep sense of uh, held in, pent up. Yeah. Anger. Telltale know, heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there you go. And so that was a four cycle. And so last year, I think it had a through line of examining the emotions of the works in a more categorical sense. And gotcha. So I think, uh, people got a lot out of that. This year, I just I wanted to tell an actual story about Poe. And I think one of the most interesting periods of his life is the year before he died. We see in some of the letters that he was having an addiction to laudanum, which was frequently prescribed for people dealing with all kinds of issues. It's so funny to look at recreational drugs of today. I mean, I, I hesitate to call heroin recreational, but um, you know, if you look at, if you look at opiates, right in right. the 1800s, they were all medicine. They were prescribed medicine. You also had it for recreation. You also had opium dens going on at the exact same time. There was there was no clear line between what was healthy and what was fun and what was anything because <laughs> right. it just hadn't been explored in that way. And so we see that he had this addiction to opiates. He had this addiction to laudanum. He had this addiction to medication. He talks about in one of his letters, he was going to send his first letter to Annie. He was going to send it, right? And right before he leaves, he takes this big old dose of laudanum his doctor told him to take. By the time he gets to the post office, he's so out of his mind, he can't even remember what he went there for, and he has to go back home. And so, even better than that, he doesn't just go back home. He Something happens to him that's so bad at the post office. He doesn't say in the letter, but he says, one of my friends had to come and, if I may use the word, save me. And so I assume that he was raving at someone at the post office for no reason, and somebody had to come help him. Oh. Um, but he talks about that kind of thing. You know, he, this 
is the period after his wife had passed, and he's spending his last year alone. And you can see in this letters that sort of spiral down right. into madness. You can see this spiraling into absolute despair that ended his life. We know that one of the last in-person communications that they had, actually he describes it as the very last when they were departing from each other at that poetry society, was that he had convinced her to come to him on his deathbed. It was sort of the, he said, her final promise was to come to him on his deathbed, which you have to wonder what the heck kind of conversation they were having before that to lead up to that being the end of the conversation. That's got to be, would you still, um, like, it, write letters back and forth to a guy who was like that? <laughs> the, you, the first please, time you met come, him, they're like, come, come to, to me when death. I die. <laughs> yes. You know, it, 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 who knows? Um, and so. So did she? She did not. She did not. To our knowledge, she did not. Um, so she made him a him, promise. In his, she made him a, pr- a promise. In the very last letter he writes her, he's begging her to come and see him in this hospital where he's staying. Um, so to our knowledge, she never showed up. <sighs> That's sad. Very sad. That's sad. He was in a hospital, but he ended up in a gutter. That's right. I think. Did they let him out of the house? Sure, you can go. Mr. Poe, you're fine. You're fine. Maybe we'll find you in a gutter later. Good luck with that. Hope you don't die. So um, my the question that I have about Poe, I was involved in the first two years. There's been two years after that. This is year number five. Is it necessary for an artist to love Edgar Allan Poe and his works in order to do what you're doing with this? You're writing music. You're putting the show together. Or do you love him in all forms, or do you hate I would, him? Uh, to the first question, I would say it is not necessary if you have the correct temperament <laughs> as an artist. There, there are some artists that are very, very good that are really only capable of generating material based around things they enjoy, and that's fine. That's, if, if you are successful doing only what you like, Awesome. Good for you. I don't think you live here um, because here, if you want to make it as an artist full time, you have to take on projects that aren't your favorite. Right. And that that's true in any field. Yeah, that's true for photographers. That's true for hairdressers. That's true for artists, for artists of any kind. That's anybody. True architects. It's true. Of whatever. You always yeah. have to do work you don't enjoy. That is not to say that I do not enjoy Poe's poetry. I do enjoy it somewhat. We don't remember Poe for his poetry. We remember him as the creator of the murder mystery. We remember him as the creator of the horror genre. That's what we remember him for. He laid the foundation for people like H.P. Lovecraft to come on later and write some truly demented things. Right? Absolutely. He, he, he laid a ton of that foundation for other people to come and do crazy shit. So... You know, that's what we remember him for. In addition to that, we say, oh, look at these nice poems he wrote. We'll put them on the fridge. You know, <laughs> they, look at these. They, they rhyme sometimes. You know, he, he was the kind of poet that would rhyme melancholy with holy. So it, 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 do we remember him explicitly for his poetry? He's not exactly a Lord Byron is all we need to say about it. Um, and so to answer your question... Do I love Poe? No. Do I hate Poe? A little. <laughs> Do you have to tell me how you feel about The Raven? The Raven. We, we were just I, talking about, I love The Raven. It's one of my favorite pieces of work by him. And you were fairly explicit on how you felt about it when we were talking about it the other night. I, I just think it, it's so boring. <laughs> it's so boring. It's just so long. Epic poetry in general, I just, I cannot stand. <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> I'm just every time somebody writes an epic poem, I'm like, great, try a book. You know, I just there's something about these long ones that just get me. Um, well, the Wild Party is based on an party, epic poem. You know, I was just gonna bring that up, but I was like, no, let's not. Um, <laughs> and I did, yes. And so, yeah, try making it through that poem. It's not easy. Um, <laughs> You know, there's a reason to make you read Homer in high school and you never go back to it. Um, <laughs> but through this process, so you've been working on uh, Poe for five years and each year you're adding new songs, correct? Correct. Yeah. So every, every you're, you're finding something every year to delve into and to create around his uh, his words yeah, absolutely. in one form or the other. Like we talked about, part of being an artist that does everything part of being an artist in that sense is that you have to be able to approach a piece of work and find in it some theme that you can use to make stuff, right? So when I'm making a piece of music, I read the poem and I find a theme, I find an emotion or I find a feeling that works well with it and that's something you can use to turn into music. Easy, right? Music is emotion and sound. That's what music is. Yes. It's organized sound that has a feeling. If it doesn't, it's useless. Throw it out. It has no purpose. Right. If, if music does not evoke some emotion from a person, it is useless. It's noise. I think I think you, you can. That's the difference between noise and music. Noise exists. Music pulls things from people. Music makes people feel things. That's the whole point. And so when I'm writing his when I'm writing these songs, sometimes I approach it from the musical side. Sometimes I already have some music that I really enjoy and I say, oh, this music is bubbly or this music is, is it, it's lively or effervescent or, oh, it's, it's just <laughs> so, it has such an affable quality to it. It's so approachable. And I say, oh, well, I have this riff that I really like that also has that quality. Let's combine it and see how that works. And sometimes it works just like that. You know, other times I build it from the poem. Other times I build it from the music. So either way works for me. They're both fun. Do you so, have a piece from the last four years and including this one. So the last five years, do you have a piece that's your favorite to perform or your favorite to hear? I think one of my favorites is one called, uh, to one in paradise is what it's called. It, it was definitely part of the loss cycle. As you can see there to one in paradise. He's singing to someone who has recently passed, or I guess he would be writing to not singing to, um, <laughs> so he's writing to someone's recently passed. Um, that one, I think I introduced at Poe Night 3, and it's been a big crowd favorite since. Um, is that the one that you performed at the season preview? It is. The it's the one preview? I perform at oh, season it's previews. Beautiful. And I'll probably, I'll probably always perform that one at season yeah. previews. because it's, it's one of it's my really, It's accessible. Mm -hmm. You know, everyone really seems to enjoy it. It's got great lyrics. It's one of his better poems. Um, it's got great lyrics. They fit really well with song. Um, and it's just that kind of contemporary piano ballad that people really enjoy. And so I enjoy it too. I love to play and perform that one because it really it, it, it's it's technically easy enough that you can pu put a lot of soul into it without worrying so much about the music that's right. happening. Right. What are you looking forward to with this particular show for Poe Five? I'm excited to be back at the Bing. Uh, we did Poe Night Three was at the Bing. Uh, Poe Night Four we did back in Coeur d'Alene. This year we're back at the Bing. Uh, next year we will also probably be at the Bing. Um, I, I love that space. It's so much fun to perform, and there's so much history in there. Yes. You know, all you have to do is walk a floor down, and, you know, you can feel it on your skin. There's shit down there. And so it, it's fun to perform with that energy kind of around you. I'm not even, I don't believe in that kind of woo energy, whatever. But it's in there. You can't deny it. Right. You know, and so I, I love performing in that space. I think it works well with older material like this. 
And uh, so I'm excited about that this year. I'm excited. I'm always excited about the new themes. I'm excited for people to come back and hear about about half of the music is older. About half the music is from either point nine three or point nine four. And I love that we get to present it in a totally new structure. I think that's so cool. Because you'll hear things, you're like, oh, I enjoy this. But it'll be in a different place. It'll have a different meaning. It'll have a totally different context. And I think that's exciting. Excellent. Thank you so much to Zach Baker, who is the resident music director at The Modern. He is the one putting together Edgar Allan Poe, a night of Edgar Allan Poe. So it's uh, Poe Night 5. And we're all about Annie. Thank you so much for being on the show today. You. you bet. You can get tickets at friendsofthebing.org. Uh, if you'd like to come to the show, it is Saturday, this coming Saturday, the 24th at 7.30 at the Bing. People performing in the show, myself. <laughs> so go ahead oh, and come because it. of that. There you that's go. That's all you need. All right. <laughs> M. Schneider, Caitlin Duffy, Quinn Vira. Lance Babbitt, Marianne McLaughlin, Nicholas Bailey, Jace Fogelman, and Terrence McMullen. And some of these people have been in the show before, so they are returning. Some are brand new. So we hope to see you there for Poe Night number five at the Bing. Thank you so much for joining us for the Modcast today. My name is Abby Crawford, and if you'd like to find out any more information about the Modern Theater Spokane or the Modern Theater Coeur d'Alene, you can go to themoderntheater.org. You can also visit our blog at themodernnews.org. Also, find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Flickr. Do you have Flickr anymore? Eh, flicker maybe but you can find us on any social media out there thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you next time